Okay, while we're recording, I'm not touching the keyboard till we're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't yeah. anyways usually doze off, so it's fine. That's true. That's why you're here. <laughs> This is the AT Banter Podcast, a balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Fleury, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything about assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. Sorry, I got the cowbell, but I lost the drumstick. Oh, man. Oh. Hit it with your head. Got it. Got it. Okay. Do over. Nope. Hit it. There we go. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Just made your way for it, everybody. By the time these people learned how this podcast is actually made before the editing. No, nah, you right. don't want to know how the sausage is made. <laughs> yeah, I know. Enough sausage around here. Uh, hey, my name is Rob Minot, and uh, joining me today is uh, Drumstick Flurry, Mr. Mm. Ryan Flurry. Mm. What was that? Cowbell. Moo. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, you went deep on that. That was a deep dive. Okay, and <laughs> Mr. Steve Barkley is here, too. That, that's probably me. Yeah. Uh, hey, how are you guys today? I'm good. How are you? Oh, are you? You can't be good. I didn't, am good. Didn't you hear? Didn't you hear? Facebook is down. Instagram not just is Facebook. Down. I know. Twitter is down. Everything. No, Twitter's down. not down. Instagram. Oh, down? No, Instagram, WhatsApp, and Facebook have been down for hours. Wow. Really? The apocalypse. Uh, huh. I like how Steve didn't even know. Yeah, I hardly missed it. Yeah. Well, maybe, yep. who knows? Maybe, maybe it'll stay down. Maybe this well, is Well, there was someone on Twitter who said it was some sort of attack that they think it may not come back. It was that, that dire. But really? Yeah. So oh, I don't man. know. I didn't dig into it, but. What a dream that would be. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Give somebody the Nobel Peace. If someone could kill <laughs> like, honestly, like that would be. I, I feel like they would be a hero. We would actually give them the Nobel Peace Prize because it'd be like you put, you put Pandora's, you put things back into Pandora's box. Way to go! Three networks down with one attack. Woo, well done. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, yeah. So, so no word as of yet as to what the what the deal is. Eh? Nobody's heard. I haven't anything? seen. I haven't seen anything on Twitter yet. But. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I'm sure well, it'll be on the news. I mean, we shouldn't be so flippant because I know a lot of people maybe use Facebook for a, a lot sure. of cool things like, you know, some of the, some of the disability community stuff. So, I mean, that's, that's not cool, but, and, you know, especially if you're using one of these social media networks as your main f source of like community. Uh, yeah. I, I imagine it's, it's actually not cool, but kind of is. That is true. We can build a new one. We'll build a different one. That's not evil. Maybe. Just go back to MySpace. Yeah, it's still, all those all those sites are probably still around somewhere. No, well, probably. I mean, everyone just needs their login information again. I had a MySpace. <laughs> probably, it's probably a big, 
It's probably around here somewhere. What about you, Steve? Do you have MySpace? What's MySpace? You, you had a MySpace page. <laughs> no. Sure you, you did. did. Really? Are I you didn't, did? but. No, no, never had MySpace. Oh, wow. Well, how, how did you miss MySpace? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. What, what were you doing in like the whatever? What would that have been like 2000? Early 2000s. Yeah, I, I managed to avoid it entirely. Wow. Pro probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, geez. Having that, having that, having an office at Aroga, obviously you're, you weren't, you weren't in the trenches with the rest of us. Uh, apparently. Creating, creating MySpace pages. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, uh, what else is going on with you guys? Oh, I don't know. Just running around and it's, uh, we're in a busy time, you know, it's uh, school's back and things are happening and and it's pumpkin spice season oh don't even get me started i i bought three three <laughs> boxes of pumpkin spice cheerios yesterday did you bought three i haven't tried them yet but pumpkin spice cheerios really yeah yep yeah they're they're pretty good they're, they're not good? as good though as the year that they had pumpkin spice mini wheats those were amazing oh, yeah. <laughs> they haven't had those since really yeah <laughs> and while we're talking about breakfast cereal the very hard hitting topic of breakfast cereal. I did see in the store too. This is exciting. I saw a cereal called Monster Mash. Hmm. And what they have done is they took Count Chocula, Frankenberry, and Booberry, I believe, <laughs> and mixed them all together. And they've called it Monster Mash. Hmm. So nice. special for Halloween. Yeah. I don't know what happened to Count Chocula and Frankenberry and Booberry, but those were really big as when I was a kid. And I do have to say that I, I've been, I've missed them. So, um, but I mean, obviously the factories are still around. Like obviously they can still make Count Chocula. I don't know why they've discontinued it. Uh, they should just bring them back. Yeah, yeah some of us missed out on those sugary sweet cereals as children. Oh, did you? Well, the more, the more reason to enjoy them now. Absolutely. Oh, you're in your golden years. That's right, golden years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Grandpa. <laughs> well, listen, the golden years are longer, earlier and earlier these days. What's I mean, what's the point of having golden years when you're too old to enjoy them? Might That's as well have true. Them now. Yeah, might as well. Just to go do one just a lawn bowl when I'm eighty. Am I going? Who wants the lawn bowl now? <laughs> well, I shouldn't say that. There are it people out there. It looks fine. Sure. You know. Gets you out. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, what are we doing today, Ryan? Today we are speaking with Laura McEwen from an organization in Kelowna, BC called Access Wilderness or Adaptive Adventures. Yeah. How did we not know about these guys? I, this I is amazing. No idea. Not a clue yeah. how we missed them. This is this is part of the problem with I don't know I don't know if it's like the internet there's just too much crap on the internet or something or like it's just it's so hard to find like really incredible important organizations like theirs um, that's doing a lot of really 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 good work uh, and you know here we are you know a podcast doing doing a podcast and uh, we haven't we haven't run into them in six years so and they've been around for twenty. And they've been around for 20, so what the hell have we been doing? But yeah. no, this is great. You know, they, uh, they basically just to be able to take anybody out into the bush and they do hunting and they do fishing and they do kayaking and whitewater rafting. And Tenor I think they cycling, just do all sorts of stuff. 
Yeah, I think they just kind of do whatever. Like, uh, I'll be interested to hear exactly what, but uh, yeah, they just take people out into the woods that that normally would never get a chance to do it. And uh, yeah, it's it's got to be a, a pretty amazing experience. Yeah, absolutely. When I came across the the website, I was you know kind of blown away as to why we had never heard of them before. Why, yeah. you know, well, I'm just astounded at the amount of stuff they do. And just thinking about everything that's involved with planning one of their trips. You know, if you have someone in a wheelchair, you've got your wheelchair lifts, you've got the, the, the accessible vans, you got all these adaptions you got to make yeah. d- depending on the trip, right? So yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, hundred percent. A couple of years ago, I took like a two day camping trip and that took me like a week and a half to plan. <laughs> so I can only imagine the amount of planning and, uh, you know, and hard work that, that goes into one of these uh, adventures. Yeah, they do some cool stuff. So it'll be interesting to listen to what she has to say. Although we were going to, we were going to contact her through Facebook live. So I guess, I don't know, maybe that's not happening now. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Not today. Nope. Man, I'm so curious now. You think it's the Russians? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did. I did see a headline today that it sounds like, it sounds like that Trump running for 2024 is the lead candidate for the Republicans. So maybe the Russians are involved somehow. Maybe Trump's involved. I don't know. Well, actually, no, because the Russians wouldn't take down Facebook. Because Facebook's probably, like, honestly, that does they like Facebook. They would do they? It. Yeah, because that's how they spread all their misinformation. Oh, I see. I'm oh, sorry, we're going down the political. <laughs> rabbit hole now. You know what I noticed? I noticed in the last two shows, I keep using the word rabbit hole a lot. Yeah, you got why. rabbits on the mind. I guess so. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you need a pet rabbit. Maybe. No, actually, no, I don't think I do. Cause those, you can't, those things like rabbits like look cute, but I feel like they're, they're kind of all dicks. <laughs> Send all emails to cowbell <laughs> at atbanter.com. Yeah. And if, if, and if you want to uh, potentially uh, determine whether Rob's right or not, uh, read Watership Down. <laughs> and that rabbits are all dicks. I don't think we're going to get any hay mail on this. had a rabbit would agree you with wait and see. How dare you malign my bunny? No, they, they chew on cords. Like they'll chew through your cords. They crap. I don't think you can litter train them. I yes, think you can. Go wherever. I think you they just, train just find those pellets oh everywhere. My goodness. They're good eating though. Who? Well, okay. Send all hay mail. <laughs> <laughs> right. They are good eating. They are absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. See, I haven't eaten rabbits, so <laughs> I'm sending me hay mail. Uh, too funny. I don't know. Maybe that's a maybe that's an expedition or an adventure that they go. Maybe they go rabbit hunting. Rabbit season. That, that would be actually challenging. I could see like trying to trying to take down a rabbit. They're pretty fast. I could see that being a pretty big challenge, I guess. Although we got the size, we got the size advantage and the guns. <laughs> That's right. Good 22 will pop a hole right in one of those little buggers. Yeah, but you got to hit them though. Yeah, because they're running really fast. Although I guess you get them when they're sleeping or something. <laughs> well, that's what I would do. Well, I'm going to send you to a hunter education course or something. Get them while they're sleeping. Well, that makes the most sense. Why would you hunt something that's, that's, that's awake? Wait till it goes to sleep. 
How often have you Walk heard of a hunter gone, going hunting? Coming like, yeah, I bagged this moose. He was just laying there sleeping. <laughs> well, I mean, not sporting, dude. Not sporting. <laughs> That's right. Oh, come on. If you're not charging yet, it's not fun. Don't <laughs> even get dude, sporting. <laughs> get a sharp stick go hunt stuff with a sharp stick then that's the sporting sure turning with a gun i don't know how sporting that is but anyways Mine. i don't know how we went there in that rabbit hole <laughs> hey maybe we should just bring on our guest now yeah it's probably good. yeah because <laughs> we're right. going right off the rails here joining us now is laura McEwen, manager of program delivery at community recreational initiatives society Laura, thank you so much for joining us today. No, yeah, no problem. I'm happy to be here. I'm glad we can make it work. So I'm Ryan, and joining me in the room are Steve Barkley. Hello. Say hello, Steve. That's the, hello, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Steve. <laughs> and Rob Minot. Uh, hello there. Hey, Rob. So Laura, thank you again for joining us. When I found the website, Access Wilderness, I was pretty intrigued about what the society Chris is doing and the community you service. So can you tell us a little bit about the society? Yeah, you bet. Um, so yeah, we're, we're called CRIS, uh, stands for Community Recreational Initiative Society. And we've been around in Kelowna for 20 years. We just celebrated our 20th year anniversary. Yeah. And um, so that means we've been offering adaptive sport and recreation for, for 20 years now within um, the Okanagan. And now we're even expanding um, north and south of us as well. And, um, and we're divided into three programs. So we have our adaptive adventures, which is our uh, guided and supported urban day program. So more of the local um, one to two hour programs where we take people out kayaking, uh, hiking, snowshoeing, um, cross country skiing. We're so lucky here in the Okanagan to have such quick access to, to so many different activities. Um, so that's our, our adaptive adventures program. Our second program is the adaptive rentals program, which is um, a program where individuals can access adaptive equipment for individual or an independent sport and recreation. So they can uh, rent say uh, an adaptable cycle and go out with their friends or family uh, for a day of cycling on their own. And then um, our third program, which is the one I'm, uh, I'm managing is the accessible wilderness expeditions program. and. Uh, this one's really fun. It's a uh, guided multi-day wilderness trips. Um, it can it can mean so many things. We go so many places. We we um, we've done so many different activities, and and that we've been offering these adaptive travel experiences now for for as long as Chris has been around. Yeah, and I think one of the things I saw was that you guys have taken have taken people out on hunting trips and, and you have, you know, specialized equipment to accommodate people in wheelchairs and that, that sort of thing. That's right. Yeah. So we, we just began a couple of years ago offering hunting as an activity uh, with the help of a corporate sponsor that came came along with us. And um, yeah, so now we're able to offer just another activity uh, for those who, you know, used to hunt uh, pre-injury or, or those who just want to give it a try for the first time and, and want to get out in the backcountry and experience what it's like to hunt or um, as fishing as well is another one that we've expanded to. Um, yeah. 
Can yeah. can I come hunting with you? Because my hunting buddies suck. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> We're always looking for more volunteers. So yeah, <laughs> it'd be fun to have you. And so what is the main population group you guys accommodate to or for? Um, I can't really say we have a main population. We really serve um, all ages and, and um, people of all different uh, backgrounds and barriers that they experience. So um, anywhere from youth, uh, you know, with a cognitive physical disability to um, an older adult with um, intellectual or sensory challenges. Um, really, if, if anyone experiences any type of barrier um, to accessing the wilderness, uh, we can help them, you know, get out there and, and enjoy the activity. It really sounds like the community has rallied around the organization or the society and really, really supports it with tandem bikes or vans, alternate, alternative cycles. I'm not sure. I forget those, what those are called. But this community support really sounds incredible. Yeah, we are very lucky where we are here in Kelowna to have such a huge uh, base of support, um, corporate sponsors, you know, just community members who want to come out and volunteer and get to know our program. Uh, we find we can find a role for any type of volunteer, any if they want to get involved in the office or if they want to come out there on multi-day trips with us, we, we certainly um, welcome them and their help. Um, yeah, and our founder of the organization, his name is Troy Becker. He, uh, it's his family member that uh, lives with Down syndrome okay. and that family member has inspired him to, to uh, offer these uh, accessible trips and experiences for, for individuals who are not able to get out there on their own and, and need that extra support. And so that's where, um, that's where it all began. And there aren't many other programs like this in the province anyway, are there? No, we are, we're quite unique and, uh, and powerful within the nonprofit charitable organization world um, here in Kelowna. So we, we do have the largest fleet of adaptive equipment in the Okanagan. So uh, like you mentioned, we have uh, various cycles that are adaptive. Um, we have kayaks with adaptations we can make on them. We have uh, the trail rider, our, our old trusty trail rider that we've had you know, for the whole 20 years that we've been around. It's a, it's a really neat piece of equipment. It's an all-terrain uh, wheelchair um, that with the help of a, a guide and a Sherpa, we can basically get anyone to the summit of any mountain they want to go to. It's, wow. it's a, incredible. Yeah. There's hope for me yet to climb a mountain, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, I keep offering, but you're, you're not exactly giving me dates. That's true. Please let me go with you so I can push you down the other side of it. Oh, I would, I would take you with me just to watch you, Rob. <laughs> You're the only person I know who's probably more out of shape than Ryan. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But you'd get into shape pretty quickly coming on one of our trips. <laughs> hey, <I'm back. laughs> Sounds like it. So talk to me a little bit about, about the programs themselves. Are they, did you sort of build them out into like say age um, specific um, programs or are they, is it kind of just a first come first serve and you just, you have different, different programs that anybody can, can sort of come and sign up for? Yeah. So, um, so I'll speak a little bit for our adaptive adventures program, the, the urban supported day programs that we do. Um, we, we do offer specific youth 
um, programs. Um, and then we also have like open adventures. So anyone can sign up. We have a small registration fee for, for clients to, to join our organization. And then uh, they just pick and choose what activity and, and what works with their schedule and they can come along with us. And then um, for our accessible wilderness expeditions program, of course, it's a it's a bit longer of a process, you know, to get to know the client well enough to take them out on a, a multi-day trip where, um, you know, we're, we're pushing limits and we're, we're trying new things. And so, um, yeah, we just, we, uh, we either, we can kind of do it both ways. We either have a client come to us with, a, you know, a bucket list dream of, of summoning a mountain or, doing a specific kayak trip uh, on the coast or uh, going on a whitewater rafting trip or, and then they come to us and we can make that happen. We arrange all the adaptations. We find the company to help us guide the trip. We find our volunteers and we, we make it happen that way. Otherwise um, we do have some like annual funded trips that happen as well within our wilderness program. So for example, here in West Kelowna, we, um, we have the fire department who funds a trip every year, their charity, their union charity, they, um, they fund our, our once, once a year trip for two nights, three day trip. So we actually just had that last week at Cathedral Provincial Park. And um, we invited some youth on this trip and they had a great time fishing and uh, one of them hadn't camped before. So we had them in a teepee tent and yeah, it was amazing. And do you, do you service mainly the Okanagan or do you guys try to sort of travel into sort of sort of more, some of the more um, rural um, communities and try to do stuff all, all over the province or do you guys sort of have to sort of stick mainly to, to the Okanagan area? Yeah, good question. Um, our wilderness program, we are open to going, you know, anywhere. <laughs> um, of course, with some travel restrictions in place right now, we are staying within BC. Um, but you know, in past years, we've done trips in Alberta, we've gone down to the States. Um, you know, we hope to go over to Europe one day and, and do a big trip over there sometime. And so, um, yeah, really the sky's the limit. Uh, if someone comes to us with an idea or somewhere they want to go and we can find the funding for it, then, uh, then we'll do it. So talk to me a little bit about the sort of the funding side then. So do you guys sort of fund for specific expeditions or adventures? Um, or do you sort of just have a, a, a sort of a general fundraising strategy? How does sort of that part of it work? Yeah, uh, good question. Again, it's, uh, you know, that's a part of my role is, is coming up with the funding and, and finding new corporate sponsors every year. Um, you know, we, some funders will come on as an experienced sponsor where they're able to fund partially for, for one client to come on a trip or you know, big picture, like we would love to have a, a season sponsor where, you know, we can present to them. We've, we've got these six trips happening. This is the cost. And um, if they're able to help us out that way, that would be amazing. Um, yeah, funding is definitely one of our barriers that or our challenges that we face every day. And um, but, you know, we always make it happen, uh, come together as a community. And there's always there's always people out there that really want to help and get involved. So. So on average, though, like, so how many, so many, how many per year on average, say, of expeditions or adventures would, would be able to sort of take place? Like, how busy are you guys? Um, so fall is our, tends to be our busy season. 
um, just in BC with the forest fires. And um, it's just a good time to go. You know, the weather's a little bit more predictable in the fall. Um, so we have right now we have five trips happening in the next six weeks. And that's also um, a partly because of our volunteer availability. The summer is a really busy time for bookings, but also to find all the volunteers that are involved in a trip. One trip, um, you know, depending on the activity and the client's needs and how many clients we're bringing, we may need up to 15 to 20 volunteers coming along um, in different roles or capacities. So we need, you know, chefs, um, we need Sherpas, we need um, just people to help with transportation and um, guides, you know, if we're doing a, a rafting trip, especially. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, special certifications are required, you know, depending on the activity. And so in terms of, of, of just sort of that large volunteer base that you need, how big is the actual team? Um, I, I would say each, each uh, trip would, would depend on what activity we're doing and how many days and where we're going. Um, it's tough to say, um, you know, typically I, we bring about 10 to 15 volunteers each trip. And how big is the team at Chris itself? Oh, the, sorry. The team at Chris is, um, we have five staff on, on the team. Wow. Wow. So okay. So that was a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. That must be a big challenge to manage that many volunteers with, with that small of a team. Definitely. Yeah. Um, we're very busy, especially in the summer, our adaptive adventures programs, because we offer so many, um, the kids are out of school. So we offer a lot of youth programs. And then, um, yeah, we, we just brought on a maintenance manager, you know, cause that's a huge role in itself, just maintaining all of our gear and making sure it's in good shape and doing any repairs that are necessary. Um, and then myself as the wilderness, uh, program manager, I just came on in the spring to, uh, to get this program off the ground and, you know, to, to be able to offer our, our hopes and dreams are to be able to offer up to 10 trips per year. So, um, the way it's going right now, it's looking good for next year, but yeah, so it, it's busy all year round. You know, if I have trips or not, there's, there's always, uh, tasks on my desk. <laughs> and what was your background? How did you get involved? My background, I'm a recreation therapist. Okay. Um, yeah, so I've worked in the healthcare system for over 10 years uh, with various populations. Um, loved doing it, but I really, you know, I just wanted to share my passion for the outdoors uh, with my clients. And um, so I came across Chris and I had just moved back from the coast and um, yeah, the timing worked well and, and here I am. Do you find that um, part of the, the, the challenge really is to sort of get the word out about Chris or is it, do you find that, uh, that many times people who have barriers, they just, they, they, they lack that self-confidence to really think that they might be able to do something like this? Like, where do you, where do you find is, where's the pain point in terms of, of really taking this and really growing and thriving? Yeah. Um... I'd say it's a little bit of both, um, you know, finding clients long-term, you know, that want to keep coming back. Um, you know, they'll try an activity and maybe they tried paddling for the first time and it wasn't for them, encouraging them to come back to try a different activity the next time, because we do offer so many different uh, programs within Chris, um, just finding what works for them. And our challenge, yeah, definitely is getting the word out. You know, we think we're well known in the community, but there's always more people that I run into who have never heard of us. And so, you know, using social media these days has been 
um, a good tool for us. And um, yeah, just updating people on all our trips going on, um, going on podcasts, you know, uh, getting interviewed on the radio, anything helps, you know, get our get our word across. Uh, we're always looking for more clients. I mean, I think that that typically it, there are so many so great organizations out there that are doing great work, but I, a lot of times with the, the ones that we talk to, that's really the big challenge is just is just getting people aware of the organization, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's and it can be especially tough, you know, when you're not in sort of a high density populate populated area. So mm-hmm. how how has COVID really impacted you guys over the past year or so? Um. Yeah, I mean, we're we're lucky most of our activities are outdoors. So um, with a little bit of adapting how we're doing programs, we are still able to to run. Um, but certainly like our clientele are a lot of them are compromised. Um, so, you know, there's some hesitation there and, and there has been a bit of a client lull in the last year or so uh, with people's comfort levels, you know, just not being there um, in terms of what's going on with COVID. So so trying to ensure our clients that, you know, our programs are safe and that we're taking all the measures, um, you know, related to provincial health orders um, certainly has been a challenge just to, to get people out or, or new clients out in the last year. Yeah, well, and I'm, I'm sure that the, the logistics must be a, um, a real challenge as well, because I can only imagine like, a, you know, any sort of, of one of these adventures um, the, the amount of planning that needs to go to it, go into it, um, in a normal situation is, is, you know, large enough. I can only imagine when you have to plan for adapt all the adaptations and stuff that must just like triple that. Yeah. There's a lot of, of, of work leading up to the activity. Absolutely. Um, you know, sanitization measures, uh, yeah, afterwards, you know, all, extra paperwork, it, it does create more time for sure, just to, just to make the program happen, you know, even our two day, two, sorry, two hour programs happening out on the lake going kayaking, uh, there's a lot more, you know, you have to plan for and think about um, in the time that we're in right now. Can you, can you give us kind of an idea or a little bit of a snapshot of, of just like, what are the different types of adventures and, and activities that you guys offer, like sort of, you know, on the spectrum from like the, say the two hour trip to say the several day trip or week trip, or just give us an, an idea of some of the activities. Yeah. So um, our adaptive adventures, the urban programs that we offer here uh, in the Okanagan in North and South Okanagan. Uh, those are the the one to two hour programs where people can come out um, in the summer. We offer hiking, kayaking, um, paddling, and cycling, and um, that's where they can meet up in the location. We we pick a different location every week, and they can go out. They can try the activity. They can try the bike, um, and they can come back every week, or they can try a different activity. Um, so that's the, the day programs and then our wilderness programs. So we can do anything from, you know, a a one night overnight camping trip to, I think the longest trip we've done so far is a seven day, uh, kayaking trip out in the broken islands on the coast. Um, yeah, yeah, that was a few years ago. So it really depends on, you know, who the client is, what their comfort level is and how much they want to push themselves and where they want to go. And, and of course, with adaptations needed, you know, a, a, 
it may take you and I four out four days to to hike a certain trail, but we have to account for all the extra adaptations and it might take them up to eight and, and that's okay. And we can do that. We'll, we'll make it happen. So are there costs involved or are there membership dues? How does that all work? Yeah. So in our urban day programs, there is a, a small registration fee um, that we require. Uh, if you want to join programs, it's an annual fee. And then um, there's a small programming fee as well. And then for our wilderness programs, um, like I mentioned, you know, finding funding uh, is a challenge, but um, certainly there's companies out there that do want to fund either a client or um, a whole trip in itself to, to go out. And these, these wilderness trips can cost anywhere, you know, between $5,000 to $25,000, depending on what we're doing, how many days. So, so do you guys mainly rely on things like grants or corporate sponsorships, or do you, do you get a lot of uh, support sort of locally from local businesses? Uh, we certainly do rely on, on government grants for sure. Um, you know, community, community partnerships as well. Um, yeah, we have some long-term community partnerships uh, that have been going, you know, since we started that have really helped uh, our program grow. Um, but yeah, certainly. And, you know, like I said, with only five staff, uh, within our society, you know, it's, it's quite a, a big job in itself, writing all those grant applications, uh, each year to, to help our programs run, uh, year after year. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, you could, you could just have a, a full-time employee just doing nothing but writing grants. For yeah. Sure. yeah. You know, I, I find that like being out in the wilderness, whether whatever it might be hunting hiking rafting kayaking um it it really is such a magical experience and and it can be really transformative especially to people who are used to just being like isolated or being inside all the time so that you there must be a lot of like really amazing stories that you've seen um over the year that, you know, of people that are just like completely like this, this is just a life changing experience for them. Absolutely. I mean, these wilderness trips, you know, it's not even just the client that comes home with these amazing stories. It's our volunteers. It's everyone involved in the trip from beginning to end. Um, I've heard some amazing stories. Um, you know, I just I read one this morning. We just had a trip come home. Uh, on Saturday morning, and the client sent a beautiful email to to all the volunteers thanking them, and just you know from the bottom of her heart, she was so thankful that you know this super generous group of people came together and you know made her dream come true. She summited a mountain, and she never dreamed that would be ever possible for her. And so you know out there, um, we're not only you know promoting independence for our clients, um, you know. Uh, reducing isolation, uh, improving, you know, their mental health and well-being of the client. It's all about, it's, it's about everyone on the team, right? We all grow together. It's amazing how close knit, you know, I've, I've sent trips off or a group of people off on a trip and I've, and I've greeted them on the way home and, you know, their energy at the end of the trip is just so contagious. It's, it's amazing. It keeps me doing what I'm doing. <laughs> There's so much planning that goes into it. And, you know, it's all worth it when I get to see them smiling when they get home from that trip and, you know, just sharing one special moment they had, these memories they're going to carry on forever. And, you know, that's what keeps us doing what we're doing. 
it just makes me go, you know, not only you guys should have double the staff that you have, and there should be one of you in like every single region everywhere because this is such an important set of programs um and it, and it can really 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 impact things like um mental health and and that the link that that we see between disability and mental health and um and and for that matter physical exercise you know we we know that all of those things can be can really be indelibly linked um so you know it kind of yeah, it, it, it amazes me in a way, you know, we, we're, we've been doing this podcast for six years now. And, um, uh, and so we've been, we're, you know, pretty, we think pretty well steeped in the, um, you know, disability community in the province, yet, you know, we didn't know about you until recently. So, and that, you know, honestly, that that's kind of the mandate of, of this show too, is that, you know, we want to find um, different different organizations out there that are doing the the amazing work that you guys are and try to spread the word because uh, we we just need more of it. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate that. Yeah, we're just you know our 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 mission is to create that inclusive world free of barriers uh, within the Okanagan, but within our province. And then you know anything's possible, as we say at Chris. So thank you for for uh, inviting me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, and you know, and listen. Um, any any sort of world domination plans like have you guys talked about like sort of maybe like expanding say into like the lower mainland for example because i don't know like i feel like there there would be some really incredible opportunity here as well yeah i mean absolutely when clients come to us um you know some do live in the mainland lower mainland or you know in the yukon or northern bc um that's not a barrier to us you know our clients can come from anywhere they can call us from you know, we had a client from Minnesota, USA last year who called us. Mm. And um, yeah, so I mean, because we're based out of Kelowna doesn't mean that um, our clients have to come from within the Okanagan. They can come from anywhere if they want to do something within our backyard uh, within BC or or they have an idea of somewhere they want to go. Um, yeah, the, the sky's the limit. So for anybody who wants more information, um, where can they find you guys? So just pop on Google, um, you know, Community Recreation Initiative Society, or our website is www.adaptiveadventures.ca. And then from there, uh, you can link up to any three of our programs. So the adaptive rentals, like we talked about, adaptive adventures, or our wilderness program, the AWE program. So yeah, from there, um, you'll find links to our social media as well. You'll find our, our daily calendar of what's going on. Yeah, follow us along and uh, join the adventure. Yeah, so I should have mentioned um, this spring we we rebranded our adaptive travel program. So now it is called the Accessible Wilderness okay. Expeditions Program. So um, along with our new corporate sponsor that we have, um, we we just rebranded, and so we still offer the same types of activities with additions uh, of being hunting and fishing. Now now we just offer more activities, and yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, we do have a new website as well. So www.adaptiveadventures is our new website. And that kind of explains the breakdown of our three programs. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, just out of curiosity, what do you guys go hunting for? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, deer, moose, uh, sheep, 
I, I'm not a hunter myself. I plan the trip. Uh, elk and bear have already been on the website. <laughs> I, I should learn the lingo, really. Bear, really? Oh man, I would not. I would not hunt bear. No, I, I know we haven't hunted bear before, but uh, I know people do. Um, yeah, I would love to go on a hunting trip myself. I've never, ever been exposed to you know hunting, and it would be interesting. It would be just really neat, something new for me to to do. Um, yeah, number one coming up end of October. So number one rule is if you kill it, you clean it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd go hunting, but it would just be like with Nerf arrows. Like I'm a, <laughs> I'll just bring a peanut butter sandwich. I'm I would not recommend hunting bear with Nerf arrows. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, well, listen, thank you so much for taking the time out and joining us. And, um, yeah, we'll certainly put everything in the show notes. Um, we're happy to help out wherever we can. Keep up the amazing work that you guys are doing and uh, let us know if there's anything in the future that um, we can do to help. If you want to come on and, and talk about a, an upcoming program, we'd be happy to have you at back. Great. Yeah, thanks so much for inviting me and I'll definitely be in touch. Um, yeah, take care, you guys, and thanks for doing what you do. Thanks so much, Laura. Thanks for coming, Laura. Bye. Bye. Oh, you know what? I forgot to ask whether they hunted rabbits. Oh, darn it. Now we'll never know. No, I, I'm assuming they didn't. I, I don't I didn't think that they would. I think that would, I, I think there'd be outcry behind that the whole rabbit hunting, but I can't like, honestly, bear, like I would, I would think that nobody hunts bear. Like, oh, sure they do. Yeah, absolutely. Spring well, bear. You got a spring bear, you know, when they, uh, when they get up and they're good and lean, cause they've been not eating through the whole winter. They make absolutely wonderful bacon and sausages. Well, so, and so I noticed that I got heat from my last idea earlier in the show about getting them when they're sleeping. So, <laughs> but it's okay to get them when they're weak and they're just waking up <laughs> froggy. Uh, short answer, yes. Yeah, so well, you might as well just go find them when they're sleeping. They're hibernating for six months. It must be probably pretty easy to find when they're sleeping. Actually, that's a common misconception. Bears don't hibernate. They go into a state called torpor where they are uh, very, very uh, sleepy and relaxed, but they can awake and respond to external stimuli. So if you go into their cave after them, they're going to eat you. I see. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's fair. I suppose. Fair. If you're going into their house, yeah, they should be able to eat you. Yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> what's that Florida? What is it? It's, what's... Uh... Stand and deliver. What is that law? Where someone oh, breaks in your house? Stand your ground. Stand, stand your ground. ground. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> the bare version of stand your ground, right? Responsible for so many wrongful deaths. <laughs> <laughs> well, unless you walk into a bit cave, uh, a bear cave, a bear cave, justified. Um, no, that's really cool. That was that was um, man. I okay. So yeah, we need to really help these guys spread the word. Um, about these guys because this is an incredible organization and it really warms my heart like that they're such a small team because that's really speaks to their passion to the blind beginnings crew too because we're five we're we're exactly five people too and man i tell you like it's it is really really hard to uh plan programs and you know we do a, like a lot of just like small smaller day stuff like you know once a year they'll they'll do the camps and stuff and that's you know, incredible amount of work. So the fact that they do like up to 10 big trips a year, 
um, with, you know, 15 volunteers and plus they're trying to stay on top of fundraising and grant writing, um, you know, that, that I, I know exactly just how hard these guys must work. Yeah, one of their trips, I think, was a, a seven-day sea kayaking trip off Euclid or something up there. Up, up, up there. So can you just imagine what's involved, yeah. getting everybody there, getting all the equipment there, all the adaptive equipment there, the accommodations, <clears throat> the, the meals, first aid, all of that stuff, right? Yeah. For a seven-day yeah. trip, you're planning that six months ahead, if not further. At least, yeah. Yeah, but, absolutely. That's intense. Well, we don't know what they slept in. <laughs> well, still. Well, you said it was intense. You don't know that. <laughs> I, 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 I got that right. Oh, I, missed it. I got it. Bom, Ryan bom. Went right over Ryan's head. It went right over my head. Yep. Over your head and under your feet. Um, yes, indeed. All right. Well, anything else to say about that, fellas? If you are living in the interior BC or anywhere for that matter, you are a candidate for one of their programs. Reach out to them next time you're in the vicinity or if you want to do some Okanagan travel adventures. Yeah. Which you should do. Totally should do. Like yeah, why skip why the wine tours? Do? Skip yeah. the wine tours. Go find a sleeping bear. <laughs> no, they're in torpor. <laughs> Wait, if they're in torpor for like, do you think, do they sleep less like during the rest of the year? Like, do they, are they not? Cause I don't know when you've, when you've been in torpor, torpor for six months, I don't know. Like, I would think that you could like pretty much live on like, like little cat naps for the rest of the year. Just, just, mm. like, a lot. Couldn't, couldn't tell you. Don't know. So maybe bears don't really sleep all that much. Okay. Well, it's a good question. Maybe they get all their napping in at once. Yeah. That that would be great. I would love to just nap for Ryan. Ryan, line line us up a bear expert. It's time. A bear expert. Yeah. It's yeah. Been, All right. Been too long already. Okie dokie. Yeah. That was like was that guy's name in this? What's that '70s show? Grizzly Adams. There yeah. you go. Is yeah. he still alive? No, he's. Know. Is he dead? I think. Yeah, he got eaten by a bear. <laughs> <laughs> he no, he, was he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was in torpor. He wasn't sleeping. <laughs> He got really drunk and he's like, took a marshmallow. He's like, watch this, guys. I can feed the bear with my mouth. We're using this marshmallow. Beer, beer, beer. Okay. Grizzly Adams suffered head and neck trauma during a grizzly attack in the Sierra Nevada mountains of California. And oh, no, that's a different Adams. Never mind. What? There's more than, wait. Was more than one Grizzly Adams? Yeah, there was, a, there was a, an actual Grizzly Adams. Battle. Oh, was there? Yeah. Wait, no, you're right. Wasn't that, ba that show was based on a true story, wasn't it? I think no, maybe, man, that's taking me back to my childhood. I used to love that show. I used yeah. to watch like the littlest hobo and grizzly yeah. Adam, the little house in the prairie. There's a place that keeps on calling me. Yeah. Down the road. Wow. You can remember this where I'll always be. Holy <laughs> That is pretty Dan, good. Dan wow. Haggerty was the name of the, uh, the, yeah. of the show and he did. Wow. Yeah. That's a bummer. He I'll died at 74. Hmm. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that makes Pro sense. Probably not from being eaten by a bear. No. Probably died in a plate of spaghetti. <laughs> That's the way to go. Face down in a plate of pasta. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think so. Anyways, what? Okay, that got dark. What? Okay. <laughs> oh. 
Sorry, he died in Burbank. I don't I don't think there's a lot of grizzlies in Burbank. No, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, well. Oh, cancer. There you go. Cancer. Oh, wait, no, cancer was the name of the bear that ate him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a bear named Cancer. Walked in one day. Har. Oh, my. Uh. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea, actually. All right, so, it. Rob, where can people Anyways. find us? Uh, hey, so... <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay. Well, okay. Let's, let's roll with this. Uh, they can find us at atbanter.com. Excellent. They can hey. also. <laughs> yeah. See, it does it's no good when, when we... <laughs> nobody knows. I heard a hey, so I stopped. Okay. Go ahead. Who, where, what else? Oh, yeah. Hey, 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 hey. They can also find us online. You know, not today. They can't. Not today. They can't. <laughs> We're all down. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. They're all done. They're done. They're no more. Yeah. Obsolete. Things I, will, I will create an AT banter MySpace page tonight. <laughs> be back up in no time. Are we on LinkedIn? No. Okay, first, okay, so yeah, I out the email address. You guys are already screwing this up. So I'll, we, you can also drop us. An email, if you so desire, at cowbell at atbanter.com. That was well started. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Or you can also call us toll-free at 1-844-996-4282. Leave us your name, your message, and if you give us your permission, we may play your message on an upcoming episode. Yeah, especially if you have any bunny stories of them being dicks, because <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I need some support in this uh, gentle audience. Uh, because apparently nobody believes me, but yeah, if you've ever had a bunny and it's done something dickish, uh, give us a call and tell us your story. And I promise you, uh, we'll mention it on the next show. <laughs> there you go. That where the phones are going to light up now. They might. We'll see. You're welcome, Ryan. Your no phone's problem. Be ringing off the hook. Ring it, ring, ring, ring those phones. Okay. Is that it? Are we That's done? It. We're done. All right. Well, then I think that will about do it for us this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. Big thanks, of course, to Laura for joining us. And we will see everybody next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. <laughs>